It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of A Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's A Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central only on PBS. My name is Colin O'Regan and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 179 of the No Encore podcast. Dave is still in Toronto. My <laughs> missus is in Leopardstown at All Saints. <laughs> the perfect opportunity to get back in the seat. And back with my boys, Craig Fitzpatrick, yeah. Dahio Droni. Yeah. What Welcome is up? Back. What is Mr. up? Mr. O'Regan, as we live and breed. It's yeah. very, it's almost reassuring to hear those dulcet tones again. I feel, I feel like, really, really comfortable and like, like very comfortable relaxed. pair of your favorite slippers. It is. If you've more than is. one pair. That you've fished out from the back of a cupboard somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I remember these. Old and soothing. <laughs> It's like go- going to a Darrow Breen show. Um, <laughs> I'll take all of the above. Uh, Welcome back. How are you? Thank you very much. Busy I, summer. I'm good. Uh, busy enough summer. Yeah, it's been really weird because it's the first summer where I suppose I'm 
out of the music industry so to speak <laughs> yeah and so everyone's like you know, have been to any festivals and i'm like nope yeah not we should point whatsoever. out that, that was of your own, own choice you haven't been cancelled yeah, um, yeah, yeah just yeah. for new listeners um, <laughs> there's pictures of me up in kind of like various <laughs> venues do not serve this man um dahi quite the opposite you were in drahada last night i was it was in drahada for the fla the big um, fla the big as fla. was eve our sonic architect yeah Did you bump was, into her or yeah she was in the crowd I, somewhere? I, I, I had her down on the guest list and i didn't actually see her but uh, we were texting just beforehand so she still remains as mysterious as ever uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah it was it was really really good it was uh, a big big stage in the back of a pub in a, in a car park <laughs> I'd expect of a pub. nothing less yeah exactly drunk. exactly when I came off stage there was um, the promoter like rushed up beside me as I came down off the stage and he was like so we have a celebrity in our midst and I was like what and he was like Nathan Carter and his oh. entire crew are here. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is amazing. Crew, like he's Ace Habrocky. <laughs> it, was, it really felt like that. It was like apparently he had like this big entourage with him and everything as well. But uh, I didn't get a picture with him. I'm raging. And my mother is also raging. But uh, yeah. I is she a big a fan? Really? Going. Yeah. She's gone to three Nathan Carter shows and oh, she's wow. like, she's like one of those like cool moms who's kind of like, she's like, yeah, you know, he's actually really, really good. He's got like a really big thing. He's like, I wouldn't be usually into that kind of thing. Yeah, now, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Nathan Carter's the real deal. Qualifying it all his mom she also just dragged him to the Leonard Cohen movie this yeah afternoon. yeah yeah so, I'm just know. out of the Leonard Cohen she film. does have some cred oh, I still have to see that what's the takeaway uh, it's very good it feels <laughs> like it was an incredibly difficult film to make because all the people that they interview is like herding a bag of cats or something like that they're all like <laughs> so rattled and doddery and kind of all over the place but uh, it's the story is more interesting than the actual documentary I would say yeah uh, there's some really good footage and some really really nice kind of pieces and stuff but, I, uh, I saw on Twitter a friend of show David Tapley saw it and he's oh, yeah. it, like his takeaway was Leonard Cohen seems like a bit of a dick I didn't know if he was joking because he is wants to do that I mean he does come across <laughs> as a bit of a dick but then again like kind of everybody does from that from that yeah, era yeah. right you they're all like mean? stylish cool dickheads yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah 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 and it was all very kind of free love which on paper sounds great but obviously <laughs> in reality it's yeah, actually yeah, a yeah. load of shite <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and that's I think that's the main takeaway actually no to free Cohen, love says so. Dahi yeah yeah, no yeah, to free yeah. love. 70 yeah. summed up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I have here on my notes Craig is low key going to New York. Does that mean like Ooh, you're I'm going on Saturday. Yeah, I've got holidays. I actually don't have anything on this to report. It's just the preamble was looking pretty threadbare and I was trying to <laughs> shamble this together as I went about my business. What um, are you doing over there? See, I don't have anything planned because it was so last minute. I had to like lock in my holidays very right. close to deadline. That's so kind of amazing. Do you know whereabouts you're staying? Or yeah, I'm staying um Gramercy kind of area. Okay, so cool. yeah, it should be a good spot. But I think it'll be lots of just going to local venues, yeah. seeing bands. Around. Sure, there's always Maybe something some, going on in New there York. There is, you know? but it's at that stage where <laughs> I'm kind of like going, oh, that that sounds good about stuff I would never go to. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. oh, the ex uh, guitarist from King Crimson is in this basement <laughs> venue. That sounds like a good night so wow. I, yeah that's when you know you've turned a corner in life i feel like. i think there'll be like you know that day of broadway show thing where you can get cheaper tickets yeah. and yeah yeah, 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 like, yeah again another one's like oh jeff daniels is doing to kill a mockingbird i might just check that <laughs> oh, out i'll tell you what yeah. do you know how to have a good time Jesus, eh? the fucking preamble after this is going to be off the chain i know, I know. it's no wrestling in toronto but oh you're know, off to new yeah. york yeah i'm off to new york in a couple of weeks time actually very yeah. good i'm um, guessing you've got better plans yeah well trying to make plans anyway kind of like a bit of Broadway uh, Hamilton again no, no. Hamilton <laughs> uh, Dear Evan Hansen I believe I, I know nothing about it I like to go into these things blind but apparently okay. great reviews great um, tried to get to some NFL uh, ah. unfortunately 
actually doesn't look like it might work out this time. However, I received news that uh, my mate's brother is going to be coaching in the XFL, which I'm pretty sure <laughs> we mentioned on this podcast before, but is the rival football league headed up by Vince McMahon <laughs> of yeah, that's World right. Wrestling and oh my God. Yeah, so he's going to be the coach at the Washington, D.C. unnamed as of yet team. When does that kind of kick off? Kicks or... off in February, apparently. Oh, it actually does. Oh, yeah. my God. Is it going to be an absolute shit show, or will it be legit? I mean, it could yeah, be it could go either way. way, to be honest. Right. Like, there was one earlier this year, and they were like, oh, this looks really legit, and it folded halfway through the season. <laughs> Eight games they managed. I'm gone. So, uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Don't hold your breath, is all I'll say, <laughs> but, but uh, good luck to Coach Bob <laughs> All right, let's hit the news. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we've talked about these band cruises before. Uh, Kiss do one with a comedy K, obviously. Yeah. Um, Kid Rock <laughs> did one, which was fabulously profiled in GQ a few years That's ago. Right. yeah. And this time, a band that you would not necessarily expect, <laughs> Bell and Sebastian, have joined in on the fun. Yeah, um, I remember hearing about this like when it was announced last year and just thinking, I don't know if that's the right crowd, like the kind of fae indie types yeah. going on a cruise. Like initially, Bell and Sebastian had planned to do a kind of like ironic cruise around, like, I don't know, the kind of around <laughs> islands in Scotland. Cruise? Do you know what I mean? Just like really shitty, like oh, not a med, you yeah, know, your yeah, typical yeah. med thing. But they actually went all in this happened like last weekend um they went from barcelona to sardinia it was a four-nighter the boaty weekender um <laughs> and a feature performances by a pretty decent list Not if you're in, like if you're into bell and sebastian this is gonna totally work for you uh camera as it were <laughs> <laughs> god i've missed you <laughs> django django uh, always mogwai the buzzcocks uh japanese breakfast um a, a bunch of people but yeah, it's the Guardian did a kind of article on it, like some they had some journal uh, aboard. The article was kind of interesting, but it wasn't like the debauched um, fire festival. I was there, and I lived to tell the tale, kind of thing, as you can imagine. It was like lots of couples that have been like saving. Quite a pleasant trip, really pleasant. Yeah, Dahi, if you were approached, would you consider playing? You'd play fucking anywhere, really. I, I you? fucking absolutely <laughs> would. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely would. Fresh from the flat. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've loved well, no, Sorry, no. The flat. The flat is a dream for. Any young man who grew up playing the fiddle in Kilfenora. Oh, yeah. I was saying on, on Twitter the last day as well that like uh, I I used to enter the flower when I was like a, a kid and uh, they there was this one there was a girl called Tara Breen who's like the most unbelievable fiddle player and she was always in the same group as me so it, all the whole year like under 12 under 14 under oh, wow. 15, 16 used to just kick my ass every single time so now now who's laughing Jesus is what I'm saying so that was like your rocky moment you were just <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. you were a shout out from the stage last I, night I, I, yeah it was like the photo Yo, Tara, like what's the, good? well 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 like yeah yeah yeah, yeah but um, Stuart Murdoch from the band uh, just commenting on aboard the crew said it's like the geeks won uh the geeks <laughs> made it to heaven for a long weekend and as someone what, mentioned, what a geek thing to say like <laughs> yeah, as someone mentioned in the comments just like it's not really like the geeks won it like looks like the geeks surrendered they sold out <laughs> um also amongst the comments were i bet you there was no people of color and just you know that general thing also can, it being it being the guardian as well just considerations about um their emissions and oh, the did, 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 did they offset the carbon footprint like i don't think they did we'll get back to you next week on that but um, yeah. Keep Jesus. you posted. Did we mention the motorboat, by the way, in that list of no we didn't. Motorhead's famous motorboat cruise. Oh, of course. <laughs> <Just> the best. <laughs> Worth it for the pun. <laughs> anyway. All right. right. Um, Elsewhere, yeah. other side of the world. Uh BTS on a break. 
Big sad news. day. Sad day for music. Big news for K-pop fans out there. Yeah. Um. The the big moment for me was fresh from being banned from Twitter due to taking on BTS. Limmy kind yeah. of announced <laughs> it to all of his followers as if they had expired. Um. Had the pleasure of meeting BTS at a charity two once. They were surprisingly down to earth and very funny, which is great. Um. But yeah, an extended break. And in kind of boy band worlds, this usually means it's over, right? Isn't it? Yeah, so you let yeah, them down yeah. gently. So. Well, yeah. Yes, although in regular boy band world, if you will, yeah, this is a different uh, it means culture. you're eyeing yeah. up your solo career or something like that. In South Korea, it's very possible their break is necessary because males in that country still have to complete two years of compulsory military service <laughs> oh, between shit. the ages of 18 and 28. And all of the band members fall into that bracket right Character now. building. That's Mentioned amazing. in this story that we've lifted from I don't know where is uh, the case of uh, <laughs> Song Hyung Min. Who, if you're not a football fan, plays for Tottenham Hotspur and had oh, yeah. he got the off. most incredible story <laughs> earlier this season where the team reached the Asia Games final. Yeah. And basically they have a rule where if you win the Asia Games, you're exempt from military service. And so they reached the final. He'd been allowed playing this tournament by Tottenham Hotspur when he normally probably wouldn't have been done. And yeah, he went into the final with the stipulation, if he wins... He gets to go back to his regular job with Spurs. If he loses, he has to join the army for two years. <laughs> That's insane. It's like something from a Disney movie. It's amazing. Are we going to get like South Korean army stands now, where there's going to be like like a Twitter people who like just like are really into the South Korean army once they're going to live stream the army. themselves lip syncing along to marching <laughs> chants? I mean, it, re- yeah, exactly. it is really good recruitment, isn't it? It's like that Simpsons Ivan Niaz join the army thing, isn't it? It's so like the is. actual thing of that. Um, but the, the boy band's agency, Big Hit Entertainment, said the seven members would be undergoing a period of rest and relaxation. So oh, I'm not yeah, sure. Not, not rest and relax as you're quite like joining the fucking army. And weird, weirdly enough, like a, a couple of hours or a couple of days into this, like a uh, rest, one of uh, Jimin, I think, yes, goes this like live. So he goes live and starts live streaming him just listening to music. Mm-hmm. And out of the blue, who does he start playing? Only Gavin James. Yeah. Gavin James's track Nervous. So he's listening to that. Suddenly the South Korean uh, K-pop fans get on this track Nervous from Gavin James. And in the space of a couple of hours, Gavin James was number one in South Korea. Incredible. <laughs> it is absolutely yeah. mental. You and if you, you should have a look at Gavin James's Twitter right now because it's just insane. It's the just numbers like racking huge. up. Like you pointed out, and just as I clicked onto it, it was just so getting bam, bigger bam, bam, and bigger. Bam, bam. Yeah. It was like mind-boggling. Can you imagine him trying to sort through his fucking mentions <laughs> right now? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correction, Korean dictionary in one hand, phone in the other. <laughs> it's, yeah. Something else. We need to do like a whole devoted episode, I think, to K-pop because I'm still trying to get my head around it. Like, it's such a big kind of. We could really up our listenership if we got like Jimin to listen to a No Encore yes. song of the year or something like that. Maybe. That's what we have to do. Get him lip syncing to No Encore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, 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 as as, as you say, yeah, it, it is a massive industry. So I'm sure one episode of No Encore will cover the whole thing, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> We do do very long episodes, particularly know, since yeah. you left. I've noticed since I left, yeah, that clock's just been going up and up and up, hasn't it? Continuing our world tour for a brief stop in Sweden, where uh, hey. ASAP Rocky... It's not, yeah. ASAP Rocky has been found guilty, but he's fine. He's grand, yeah. Um, so we're wrapping up this story finally. He's back on home territory for him. He didn't have to go and uh, check back in with Swedish authorities. And kind of as we expected... Like, he'd spent nearly a month in custody. So, yeah, he was found guilty um, of assault. But essentially, I think he's paying a fine. I think he has to pay 
the damages are released the court fees of the, the person he was involved with um, and it's like a suspended sentence or he's, 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 yeah he'd already served the time um, yeah. so he's already been performing he was kind of acting very humbly and kind of was telling fans thanking them for the help during the difficult time but he's ready to move on so are we yeah, I, I, I think that's very fair. We're all quite ready to move on from this story. <laughs> I do love when, you know, and obviously it stepped way beyond music once like Trump got involved and shit like that. But where everyone starts giving it a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, oh, what like that that that's so unfair. And it's like, no, like, this is another country's judicial system we're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's more, there's complexities here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everyone's an expert, look. Yeah, yeah. we're not going to solve it on Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> put it that way. We'll do an episode of No Encore, yeah. solely devoted to it, we'll solve that. I love how What's Facebook that? is the first social media thing, like, call them so cool. <laughs> Facebook, that's what the in kids are using these days. All the cool kids I was trying amazing. to explain to somebody earlier that story of the American girl who managed to send tweets from her fridge. Do you see this? Oh, yeah, yeah. The phone was confused. <laughs> So like what? Yeah, yeah. So she, so she, she started by she was like my mom confiscated my phone so I'm tweeting from my Nintendo DS and then her mother realized that the, she was using the Nintendo DS to tweet so she took it off her next thing the next thing she's tweeting from is their fridge because you can get into a browser on the fridge <laughs> that's or whatever. incredible yeah but I was trying to tell the story and instead of Nintendo DS I told someone that she was tweeting from her Game Boy. <laughs> I can see eyes glazing <laughs> the, over the f- one person knowing I made a mistake and one person in the room who was too young to know what a Game Boy was. The flip side of that, I read this article yesterday of like people that are still on MySpace and are just holding on and like, it's going to make a comeback someday and it's just such a tragic story. You just check it out. It's incredible. Do they still have Dye's music? You <laughs> love no, so. yeah. It's all gone. Still, it's just a shell of that. what it used to be. But God damn it. Yeah, interesting characters uh, featured in that article. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've got a, a strange story here from Billie Eilish, who uh, had a fashion line pulled um, after it emerged that uh, the designer had copied another artist's work. So uh, basically, and I'm trying to summarise this as best I can, she unveiled a new collaboration with Siberia Hills. Mm-hmm. And among the designs was a t-shirt and hoodie with a character from a Japanese anime show, Long Live. And fans pointed out that the design had a very strong resemblance to one by another designer who had drawn the character kind of scantily clad in a bunch of different positions. Now, <laughs> if this is an existing character already, isn't yeah. everyone just copying each other here? It would seem so, isn't yeah. Isn't just a, just a big... I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know where the design part comes in for this. Like, do you know what I mean? I mean, because the only difference between, say, the artist who drew this character, first of all, that character is obviously drawn by somebody else, right? Yeah. And then this person on the internet or whatever drew this thing, then it got copied onto this T-shirt, and then they just slapped the word Billy on, <laughs> on top of it, and yeah. that was the difference. This like, is the other question. Do you have? Do you believe she has any idea that any of this was happening? No, really, and that's what not I was going to say. Like, like, don't yeah. don't artists just need to not get involved in like fashion lines or things that they don't don't have a real interest in? Obviously, you know, it's important to diversify these days because no one's making money from the actual music except for the live shows. But it's just so fraught, particularly with copyright design issues. Just people suing each other left, right, and center. If it's not your own kind of idea, just don't go near it. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I would say as well with Billie Eilish. I mean, her style and her fashion is kind of quite unique Heavy, in the yeah. pop world. So I would imagine that this is definitely a market she should go for if she's yeah. like a like looking to make bank. But, but she like, needs to be heavily. She involved. needs to be heavily yeah. involved. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, artists should always 
follow their particular passions with Ozzy Osbourne, that is, <laughs> drugs <laughs> and a, a genetic research professor at the Indiana University School of Medicine has claimed that Ozzy Osbourne is a genetic mutant. He says this having tried to work out how he managed to live so long despite the alcohol and drug use uh, that he kind of racked up throughout his life. Surprised? Oh, really. this, this story is basically like one of those where like you hear like this asshole at a fucking party, <laughs> like a house party going, look man, Ozzy Osbourne, like absolute mutant man, he, he'd like really, really do it. Or like it's uh, the same guy like later on would be like, like man, I can just take as much as I want, you know, I just wake up, I'm grand, I'm fine, like you know, it's all good, I'm just a mutant man. It's Are like you saying thing. Ozzy Osbourne's a bad role model I, for I think kids. he might be a slight, <laughs> slight bad role model. There was a Him story. sidekick the bat. <laughs> there was a story a couple of years ago that... I've I've no doubt we covered a lot on Radio Nova <laughs> where they found that he was like part Neanderthal or like a large part of his <laughs> you know I think there's something where like He's a small percentage of all of us there was some crossover there but right. he was like maybe 85% <laughs> <laughs> maybe not quite Don't that much <laughs> but yeah so I can well believe it um, and you know long may he rock and roll <laughs> rock and or roll god bless the mutants yeah, yeah uh, to Perhaps some more sizable news. I don't know why I left it to last in that case, really. You can tell I'm out of the game. <laughs> Jay-Z appears to have buried the axe at the NFL. Um, of course, he took shots w- at them on uh, the Carter's album. And yeah. obviously had kind of been outspoken with regards to the Colin Kaepernick situation. But now uh, it's been announced that Rock Nation and the NFL will be uh, joining in partnership for a number of years to enhance the NFL's live game experiences and to amplify the league's social justice efforts. Yeah, I mean... Another billionaire is letting us down by being a bit of a hypocrite. (laughs) (laughs) After being so outspoken about how the NFL has a lot of issues with, I guess, inherent racism, Mm -hmm. it's a weird one, isn't it, to kind of team up? Um, It seems very cynical. To me, it sounds... uh, Yeah, I mean, like, I can obviously see the cynicism because, let's face it, he's a businessman, but... (laughs) Not a businessman, but... (laughs) Comma. Yeah, (laughs) comma. He does... It does have to be the air of uh, if you can't beat him, join him. Where yeah. Yeah, or like maybe. a fixing okay. it from within kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's of, the PR yeah. spin for sure, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know how much of that I buy because, I mean, is this be, partnership it, really going to change anything within the NFL? I would very much... Make the Super Bowl half times better. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm aboard. <laughs> no, no more Maroon 5 nonsense like this here. Yeah. yeah. I can get on board with Just, that at least. Is this going to pave the way for him actually doing it? That's the thing we should be interested in, right? Apart from the yeah. admin. Oh, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's, so, right? It, it opens that very, conversation. I don't know if either of you saw that um, MIA documentary that came out last year. No. Um, but there was an amazing moment in that where, uh, very famously, MIA was um, uh, playing with Madonna yes. on one of the halftime yeah, shows, yeah. and she gave the middle finger, and it became this absolutely huge thing. And uh, some of the footage in that is like, you know, NFL guys coming into her dressing room afterwards and being extremely threatening for her. Mm. I mean, if this can change that in some way but again like the NFL halftime stuff has to be so conservative right like I mean it just still so it's very well, hard to know what he can yeah, do I mean like there's conservative and there's just like not particularly good yeah I mean I'm pretty sure that there are ways to for instance in Atlanta you know just like 
get Big Boy to do more than 30 seconds on the basis I know. that he that was, doesn't swear. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but they, but they they can't just be very politically motivated. So a lot of the talk we're hearing where he's like, oh, well, you know, we can change it from within or like we can we can kind of, you know, um, defend against the racism by doing something true entertainment. It just seems a bit like, yeah, non-founded really. I mean, like, listen, I, I still like Jay-Z. Um, I think maybe overall he means well for, you know, compared to most billionaires. <laughs> but it's another example of uh, yeah his business stuff maybe kind of reigning supreme. I mean, you know, he had those lyrics on 444 about Prince and like um, his masters being taken over and just suddenly him yeah. being on all streaming sites. And then, like, Tidal, which is a Jay-Z-run thing, has the kind of unreleased print stuff. So it's like, well, if you really feel that strongly in your lyrics about not, like, using or kind of abusing Prince's legacy, why then do you facilitate Tidal? And, you know, Tidal was supposed to be a platform for kind of artists and stuff, and he put a lot of restrictions on people that were trying to support him, and I don't know, it's... mm, I'm I'm cynical, but yeah, hopefully he can... He can't be worse than the NFL guys... So yeah, yeah sure. all good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and as a reminder, at the end of the story, it points out that last week Colin Kaepernick released a video saying he's been out of work for more than eight hundred days and is still ready to play professional football. Crazy. Well, Colin, if you're listening, I have an in in the XFL. <laughs> uh, give me a shout. And I'll see what I can do. <laughs> if he introduces a heel in that, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, time for a change of pace. Before Dave flew off to the six he sat down with a band who i think we are all delighted to see back on the stream girl band uh the talkies is due to come out on september 27th but before that a catch-up was in order and so our intrepid host went to meet them sounded like this First of all, I guess what I would say is the last thing I was expecting from the new girl band record was for it to kind of go into ASMR territory, which <laughs> is the opening track of uh, instructional Darakili breathing, which uh, took, rocked me for six. What was the uh, what was the thinking behind putting that in there? Um, it was one of the first things we recorded when we were demoing stuff in their practice space, and uh, it's essentially <clears throat> uh, I was very panicked that day, and they're like. I got very much into mindfulness meditation and stuff like that, as I probably told you the last time we were chatting. I was, it's kind of, we kind of documented that moment of like a kind of a panic attack thing. Um, but we just thought it was really interesting. And all of us from the start kind of said it would be a good intro track. Yeah, the opener. Like it wasn't really much thinking in a way. It was like we were thinking about, like vaguely thinking about the breathing thing, but then that just kind of happened. So that actual piece of audio was from our rehearsal space so that's like like two and maybe three years older than all the other mm. recording bits but it's like it was one of them things that happen it's like you can't just go in and like can we get another take of that you know three <laughs> years down the line it's just like that was what it was and then we just built it the track around that yeah yeah, it's cool. Like it's it's unsettling, and yet it kind of sets the tone for what's to follow. Like I, I can like like it's the idea of an intro track. I think is not everyone does it. Like it's and there's some bands that do it. Like the new Slipknot record does it. They've often done that, and it, it almost feels like in some ways an intro track can be very very throwaway. But I felt with this one, it was very much embedded within 
the DNA of not just the new album, but even like following on from the last track on the last album. Okay. Um, it kind of like spills in together. Well, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there any challenge though in kind of having a piece of recording from? Because obviously there was a huge gap in between, I guess, start and end of making the record. And obviously, mm-hmm. for your point of view, because you're producing the thing as well, like, is 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 it like an easy thing that you have all these kind of jigsaw pieces lying around, or is it the, the real million dollar question here? Is what was he like to work with as a producer? Was he was he a nightmare? Was he just great? Was he any of these things? He's I don't a, think he's, it was he's so right there like, <laughs> the whole time. Like. <laughs> I think in terms of like the. Pre- producer element to it it's kind of like i don't think any of the role would have really changed too much from the from the first one like i'm more part of the band than producing the thing in terms of like the actual like execution okay we all know what we want to do and i work in studios and i make records for like that's how i pay the rent or whatever so i it would be a bit unfair to kind of like think about it in that kind of way you know our songwriting credit is 25 percent and i'm just as much i'm much more of a band member than a like out and out producer thing more like chief twiddler of knobs <laughs> and you know like i have to worry about the cuba session and stuff like that you know Dan kind of like translated everything from us kind of going like can you make it sound a bit and he go Mm, I think this, it would go or yeah know. stuff like that as opposed to kind of like right lads shut up I've got a vision you know it's not it's really not like that you know it would be totally unfair to assess it like that you can get really technical about it you can get people who are like oh no what you're really referring to there is engineering and like yeah. I personally don't have a fucking clue and yeah I it's would pretty grey area and I'm not really like yeah you know, it's, yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll cut this whole section of the interview. Like, <laughs> it'll only be good for people who read like you know magazines that are geared towards that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll send it to Sound on Ten. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got a scoop for you, lads. Yeah. Uh, I do. In terms of the construction of the record, though, I, I, I've got this romantic kind of Scooby Doo esque notion of you guys hanging around a haunted mansion or haunted manor <laughs> for a while, and like you know encountering random ghosts who turn out to be the owner of the manor. <laughs> uh, Apparently, what? it is kind of haunted. I've I've heard that. But uh, my granny flat at the back of the house was that wasn't haunted at all. <laughs> Your room was a bit, a bit spooky. A bit spooky, yeah. yeah. And then fucking well of souls as well. It's run as like a wedding venue, like for like for the summer and a good chunk of the year. So I think it's ghosts of a different variety knocking around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> like the ghosts of parties of your yeah emotional ghosts, like the yeah. end of The Shining. Yeah. Uh, like you see yourselves in some of the old paintings, well, that looks a bit like Adam. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, was it like was it fun? Like, because like like it's a cool idea. It's a cool thing to decamp to this kind of really strange, austere space. Especially even like even like the the wedding detail is something that is kind of bizarre in a way. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of effort went into like even bringing over the studio, like setting it up. Like I wasn't a part of that, but that seemed like a bit of a that was a lot of work. We just had to like build a studio in this big house, which we brought down a lot of stuff. Um, that was really fun. The whole thing was really fun. Like even the house itself, it's quite nice. Like austere probably wouldn't be the right term for it. It was really kind of it kind of ended up being quite homely. Like mm. we had the control room, and then you take one step out of the control room and you're in the kitchen. You know what I mean? It made the whole thing really casual, which was really nice for us anyway. Just like took a lot of the pressure off, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes in studios, people can kind of get a bit like that. of just getting like a little freaked out by the clock. But this is just kind of like, Asher, isn't this great? They have a lake. Oh, my God. You know, it's like <laughs> it's the novelty of it was fun. And and it also obviously had loads of like great acoustic possibilities, which is the main reason why we kind of chose it. But it, the novelty aspect of it was really fun um, and just kind of 
kept the mood like really good and it's just kind of a bit of crack like you just wake up in the morning like what are we why are we here <laughs> do you know what I mean? it's just like it's big and fancy and we're not so it was fun you know <laughs> yeah get to pretend you're like i mean even like even this this room that we're in right now which you were saying is very much like something of an Anne rice novel okay it's not where i would necessarily put girl band like if i was you know visually imagining girl band we're a lot classier than yeah. you i think yeah. <laughs> we might be a bit tacky <laughs> i think tacky is a good word for well it's more that like in, in in this current kind of strange time that we live in in which you know it feels very kind of hierarchical around dublin uh i i, I haven't thrown you in with, with, with the rich kids anyway i think is, is the point that i'm yeah for sure yeah no that's that's fair enough <laughs> well thanks <laughs> minister for housing dan fox <laughs> it's got quite a ring to it actually yeah. uh, was it like was the granny flat a thing that you were like yeah I'm, that's mine I'm picking that no it was like the, it seemed like it was the room left over for a while but I see we went it. down to set up the studio about three or four days before Dara and Al came yeah. down so um, <laughs> so we got the better we already dibs all the good bets <laughs> but I had like a kitchen and like I had my own little world like one day I went, I woke up went in had breakfast Came back, fell asleep, woke up again, had dinner, and then fell asleep again. <laughs> and that was my day. We were still doing drums. <laughs> we were just doing drums all day. I just hadn't, didn't have to be there, really. Yeah, I like the granny flat. Uh, but like, I think in the in the meantime, like an awful lot of people, myself included, absolutely, have kind of been building up your your comeback and like hoping that it was on the horizon. Uh, like, do you not 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 suggesting that you go on Twitter and search your name or anything? But like, do you are you aware of kind of that kind of vibe? Do you pay attention to kind of people who are like just kind of hopeful that you would even get another record and? You get it on nights out a lot. Like, you know, people are like, are you broke it up? You know, drunk <laughs> lads, like, going up to you like, <laughs> like, yeah, go away. No, like, uh, it's always you know, been very friendly. Yeah, no, it's always totally friendly. I'm, I'm yeah. yeah, nights out is where I get the most. Yeah. And now they've stopped asking, so that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Not even answer. Yeah. Yeah. Now <laughs> we have nothing to talk about. Like. <laughs> Uh, but what is the average? I mean, like, because I, I bumped into you at gigs before, like Paddy Hanna or whoever. Yeah. And I mean, like, I guess it's that thing of like, oh, fuck, it's it's Star from Girl Band. Oh my God, like, I wonder if there's an album happening. I mean, like, you try and rein yourself in, but I'm intrigued by the idea of the person who has none of those social kind of mores and just dives on in and is like, where's the album? <laughs> like, because a few of them. Yeah. It's really grand, like, but they're, you know, they're sound well meaning. Yeah. It's not like, how dare you ask me that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just try to live my life. Yeah. It's my normal life. Yeah, and there's also been the kind of whole thing, like in recent times, in the in the music media, both in Ireland and the UK, about like, oh, uh, guitar music is back now, and it's it's now the biggest thing that Dublin is doing, and like Girl Band are kind of mentioned as, I guess, kind of progenitors, really, and people who kind of brought forward this new wave, which again is kind of putting you guys into a certain kind of, I guess, status. Hmm. What's your kind of feeling on that? It's a bit bizarre to hear like people getting influenced by it. It's very, very nice to kind of hear that. It's never something we kind of thought to do. <laughs> you know, we're always just very insular in, like, making music or whatever. It is very pleasant to kind of feel a bit welcome and feel a bit like a 
linear part of music or whatever. It was never intentional. <laughs> it's a total compliment, really. Yeah. Like the fact that people were into it in that kind of way. Didn't really see it, you know, I wouldn't have seen it coming myself. It's funny that Dublin's like really cool now, but like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like in the, in the British press or whatever, they all think like, oh, Dublin's cool now. You know, it's like, well, it was, it was always here. Like, you know, yeah, I mean? Dublin it's got like, its groove back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they can descend upon it and decide and dub it cool now. You know, it's kind of it's kind of funny in a way. It is interesting that the girl band kind of occupy that position, though, of people who are very much like holding you aloft. There's this huge deal. And even like in recent times, and I'm definitely guilty of it as well. Like, I mean, the emergence of bands like Fontaine's and so on, mm-hmm. there is almost like a kind of a, a versus thing there. Not necessarily like, you know, let's start a feud, yeah. but very much a thing of like, you know, oh, like, yeah, we got this, but actually, no, we got these guys and we got blah, 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 blah. Like, I wouldn't see a versus thing with the lads at all. Like, it, I think they're two really separate things in a way. Like, it's kind of like trashy guitar music for one in one perspective, but I just think they're they're kind of two fairly different things. Um, so I wouldn't see, like, any kind of versus or any rivalry kind of thing in it. Um, and the fact that they, they like, you know, would talk about us in the press has uh, haven't been an influence. It's, like, such a huge compliment coming from them. So it was, like... And especially at a time when, like, we hadn't put anything out in ages, it was, like, much appreciated <laughs> to have someone still kind of, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, still waving the banner. It's, like, we totally appreciated that very much you know they're all sound yeah and they're a great band yeah. like so it's like I read with them last week actually yeah and they're just normal lovely guys like mm. and the idea that it's a competition in a way is completely absurd so you know. yeah I think that's what's going to happen though if you have these articles particularly when they generate from one source and then kind of keep getting replicated mm-hmm. and it's like a list and it's like who's on the list and who's not on the list you know like, like yeah that's, no I get it like yeah yeah which it, it, you're right no it, like that isn't really a fair reflection and it's kind of like boxing people in in a way, but like, like I say, I mean, like, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't kind of listening to the Fontaines album and kind of being like, ah, oh, this isn't really for me. I'm hyped for the new girl band album. You know, I was going to show them what it's like, lads. But like, so, <laughs> so I am that's, probably guilty. Well, that's fair enough from like a yeah, like a, f- a fan perspective or whatever. Yeah, that's, totally. I do like that album. Though. I think that's great. One thing that was kind of isolated with regards to even that kind of like them kind of I guess putting you in a, in a conversation was they spoke specifically about your lyrics and your kind of style right. and kind of like the use of like colloquialisms and just kind of I guess the unique nature of what you write about and how you write it which is very much apparent on the new record as well there are so many of these little kind of things that like I can make sense of but I would find it very hard to describe to someone else especially if they right. weren't too familiar with Girl Band I mean I guess you know I never want to I never like asking a lyricist about their lyrics but okay. I'm just curious as to what was kind of thematically being put on the page for you this time around I basically didn't want to use pronouns and there's no pronouns on it like I, you, he, she all that kind of way because I never heard an album that, that, that did that so that was tough <laughs> you know yeah there's it's kind of like gathering phrases again out of the last one and like cutting up words and trying to my best not to use pronouns so much so, like, if I text someone, I wouldn't use them. And that would be in my daily life, would be... Like, that would constantly be in the back of my head. It's like, try not to use them as much, just for whatever reason. And, like, at one stage of my life, those words are quite... would have very intense meanings for some reason. And I can't really describe that because it's so complicated and it's in my head, so I can't really put it in a bite-sized way of saying things and um, 
I was asked not to talk about food very much with the lads. Like, <laughs> cause the, someone put a blog up of our first album and all the food references, and there's at least like three minimum per song, and it's like it's like pretty rank food as well. Like, so I don't know what mood I was in then. So I tried to pull back the food thing, but it trickled in a bit. <laughs> I feel like there is one in Shoulder Blades, am I wrong? There's a couple there. There's a couple, yeah. First single. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We tried, we failed. We tried and failed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm happy the way it came out. It's, it was really tough to write like that with those kind of constructs or whatever, but um proud of proud of doing it. And the lads are very patient with it as always. The, the really fun one, I think, was a track called uh, Ibophobia. They're all palindromes. Okay. So... That was cool. I went to like palindromes.com and found ones that didn't have pronouns in it and put them together. And then I think Al showed his other half that track and, and explained it without telling him that I that I uh, nicked them all from a website. And she's like, God, God, he's a genius. And then she told me, like, it's on the website. And she's like, oh, okay. So I went from kind of being this genius, like, writer to like, oh, he just... You're just a little sap, aren't you? Like that's how it felt. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fine line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're gonna bring palindromes.com into the mix, you know, you deserve what you get. <laughs> like when I write, like I always have thesaurus.com in front of me because I hate Ooh. the rep- I hate the repetition of words. Yeah, exactly. So, like that's a fair reaction, but I always feel like a prick because I feel like ah, oh, like I mean, I wouldn't have thought of that word if I didn't put the most basic form of the word in first. Is it really mine? Probably not. But yeah. So I'm giving you like this is my trade secret that I'm giving you now. Well, I appreciate Please it. Please don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think like as well kind of the way it starts off like it's it's like you get going Norway which is fucking unreal by the way love it um, and I was in Norway recently so I was like it feels yeah. like it was written just for me nice um, but yeah it's like then you get Shoulderblades and like to me that's where like any anything approaching like a, a radio song of a girl band ends and then the rest of it is just like this kind of intense maelstrom uh, very challenging um, I think it's like really kind of like the first, I think Holden Hands with Jamie was similar I think I went into it expecting in terms of what a girl band song can be you know, A to B kind of stitched together and like, here's the lift, here's the chorus, here's whatever. Mm-hmm. This is very much more of the same in terms of sticking to that identity and not so much rebelling against, I think, convention, but like at the same time, it is really interesting how by the end of it, it's such like a sonic wash. Like I feel like someone has just kind of like rattled my brain a bit. It's it's an album that I would recommend to everybody, mm-hmm. but I think it's very much like a challenge in an inventive, interesting way. Like, mm-hmm. is it a case of this is just what comes out this is just what we do I don't think we particularly set out to make a challenging record to listen to but I think we certainly set out to try and challenge ourselves in what we can do and just try to explore a couple of new avenues and just try to push more push ourselves I guess you know but even in kind of like less like not obviously like let's just make it really like obtuse and weird there's bits of it that are kind of prettier than the first album, there's a couple of chords on the record, which is 
fairly new territory for us. We thought we were uh, selling out when we were <laughs> playing chords. Yeah. <laughs> like, is, this, um, is this too much? Yeah. And just like experimenting with kind of more abstract ways of songwriting. Like some of the tunes were kind of written like the first record in terms of like us in the room kind of like jamming it out or whatever. But then some of the material um, was written at a time when we were kind of weren't really rehearsing all of us together that much so we'd kind of go down to the space and like record bits into the computer like maybe just have a rhythm and then build something off of that and then kind of try to construct these kind of like chop together demo kind of things and we did that music concrete thing taking fan sounds and splicing them together and to make everybody terrified. Um, <laughs> uh, vocally, I guess, for you, kind of like, was there anything, in, like any track in particular, any kind of recording session that was especially cathartic or, you know, you were just like, yeah, I fucking nailed that. That was exactly the way I wanted it to go. It was kind of weird with Ibophobia. We like reversed it and learned it backwards and learned it forwards or learned it, reversed it again. I don't know exactly what the process was. They wanted to have that Twin Peaks kind of thing with the backwards, like words or whatever. So like, that's why the palindromes came in, because I was like, maybe if I sing this, it'll kind of come back. And the only one that um, worked was Navin. <laughs> so <laughs> but I think the performance of that was just kind of frustrated. And I think I got that one all right. Um, but I loved doing it live at the track Amygdala. We played it a couple of times and last time we toured. And it's just me shouting nothing. I enjoy playing that live, and I enjoy that recording a bit. Yeah, yeah. And there's like there's gig uh, gigs coming as well, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, is it a good feeling to kind of be seeing those shows kind of sell out in a matter of a few hours, and people kind of being really hyped for it? Yeah, it's cool. Like, we're just yeah, really excited to be playing again. But yeah, it'd be nice to like because the majority we've only played three of the songs off this record live before so be a little scary on the first two days I'd say oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah like we picked a set of 16 songs or something and then we tried them out and the first day it was a bit daunting kind of like oh no like are we going to be crap and by the end of the day by the end it was like oh right, no we're yeah, actually yeah, muscle like, memory <laughs> so it was grand but it's really nice playing with them again like because it was always a bit boring playing the why the bodies covered when in the practice space, and this time we played it. It's been so long; it's actually just like ah, oh, I actually quite enjoy this. You need there. like the room full of people waiting to lose their fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. nothing oh, happens yeah. in it. Like, <laughs> wants to rehearse that tune. The um, the Blauen cover was like is fucking awesome. But like, I'm curious as to have you ever in the practice room, even just fucking around. Are there girl band covers of songs that we're never going to hear? Like, the winner takes it all or something. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Sometimes when we've no ideas, we play classic rock just to just to have the crack. When we're like yeah. trying to write something, and it's like no one's you know, and it's not working or whatever. We'll just like we've written a lot of really crap classic <laughs> rock songs, um, which maybe some will see today. That could be the sellout though. Like when you're finally like, oh, I've had enough of this. this yeah, the, the last record, like our intro, the outdoor record. Or Crap last like horrific artwork as well like just yeah. really like horrible 80s pastiche really stuff tasteless stuff yeah um, yeah I guess lastly um, with regards to you were saying like you don't pay too much attention to press and everything but like when Shoulder Blades was put out like is there a kind of a reflexive thing of like just checking and just seeing if people well, still care basically yeah totally on that because that what didn't really come out with any real press in a mm. way that was just like oh here it was more like our, our own announcement which was cool and we got loads of messages off people and stuff like that and that was really nice 
more so than what people write about it or whatever but like that kind of thing of like that kind of grassrootsy kind of thing of people going like hooray you know uh, <laughs> that was that was really cool um, I was um I was in an airport having been uh, the last one to try and get on the plane and they refused me because they were full up they overbooked it uh-huh. and I was the one guy <laughs> and it was in Paris after I went to see Metallica the night before and I got like fucked up on free Metallica booze which is a thing by the way <laughs> uh, Metallica booze um, yeah, and I like went over on my foot, which hasn't been the same since. So the whole thing was an absolute comedy of errors. <laughs> and I was stranded in uh, this airport in Charles de Gaulle. I had to wait like six, seven hours. And I was like scrolling through Twitter and I saw the announcement and I was like, it's like they knew, it's like they knew I needed something today. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Thank you well, for Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird, it was, it was a weird because I kind of saw the chatter. I kind of saw people talking about it first. And I was like, why is everyone talking about girl band? I was like, and then I was like, why, what is this mysterious blue artwork? And I was like, put two and two together. I was like, oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess just welcome back, guys. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, thank you Dave. And, uh, the album's fucking unreal. I'm looking forward to seeing you live. So, yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you very much. much. Good bunch of lads, those guys at their new track, Going Norway. That's right. It sounds like one I'd like. Yes, very much up your street. Uh, but in the meantime... Up your fjord. Up your fjord, indeed. In the meantime, we've three too easy. tracks that we like. Yeah. Uh, Dahi. Or do we? we? We, yeah, or do we? Yeah, let's dun, let's dun, find dun. out. Uh, the track I picked this week is um, Hair Down by Sir and features one of our favourites, Kendrick Lamar. If I give you my heart, would you throw it Bitty, bitty bitches and numerologists Got your number where I live I'ma get you out of pocket like a quarterback blitz That's an everyday fuzzer, make it wet, make a rent Skeletons in your closet, but your past don't exist Got a pad on your list, got a pad on your lot Calabas ain't the move, that's where everybody live Plus the mountain is hot, you forgot what you got Alrighty, so sir, real name Sir, real, yeah, Sir Daryl Ferris His yeah. first name is Sir, which is absolutely crazy um, He started life as a kind of like a songwriter And an engineer actually So he was in a lot of different studios and stuff He's written songs for guys like Stevie Wonder And, and a couple of other people um, He signed to Top Dog uh, in 2018 um, And released an album uh, last year This track is from the second album That he's going to be releasing It's called The album's called Chasing Summer um, It's going to be released on August 30th um, He is a really, really good singer really Really, really nice uh, yeah. vocalist. Um, enjoys smoking weed a lot. I think <laughs> from his general back catalogue of songs, he's he's a bit into the the, the weed. Yeah, I think. it's it's kind of the sp- <laughs> it's the spacier side of neo soul, kind of isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the main reason I kind of picked this as well though is because it's. Kendrick Lamar, so like he's 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 back, he's yeah. back roughly. Um, has found one more voice to add to. Like, I know. The last I wonder is this going to stick? Like, is this going to be a new era? I know, right? That's what I was thinking because it's really interesting. If you listen to the track, he kind of starts with this new voice, and you're like, oh, excuse me, and then it goes back through. It's like here's his damn voice. Here's yeah. his Tabimpa Butterfly voice. Here's the Good Kid, Mad City voice, all the way down along. Um, the video is definitely worth looking as well. There's some incredible kind of effects on the video, and uh, it's a lovely video all around. A nice song, I think. I must say. Like the way he opened, Kendrick opened, didn't wow me. Really? Yeah. Well, there's oh, a time really? and a place for that kind of like. <laughs> there's a time and a place for that kind of slowed mumble rap. And yeah. it's not for a guy who I've always said just has the best cadence and enunciation in the right, game. Yeah. Like, I think the way that he hits every consonant sounds awesome. And yeah. so, like, 
yeah, of all the people to sort of adopt a different attitude, I don't want him to do that. Really? I thought it was kind of interesting just because it was such a, like a tra- train of thought of just him talking about, I guess, other rappers, his peers, and how he's actually way more real than them and he's not moving to Calabasas and all that kind of stuff. It was just like a nice contained thought that it just spilled out and that slowed down like lower tone Danny Brown kind of vibe mm. worked for me mm. um, and then of course like he flips it so quickly that it doesn't outstay it's welcome yeah, right very much um, so. and and that, that, and that's like kind that. of the magic of it yeah. as well right he, like he hits so many different flows in one run and yeah. I just got progressively more and more excited throughout the verse and I think yeah. yeah I think the main thing is like he's he's trying because <laughs> it's you know top dog it's uh, one of his mates in, like, it's yeah, not yeah. a pop song so you know we often talk about that with uh, Kendrick Features they can be phoned in. I think this is a pro- probably probably a clearer kind of indication of what might be to come with him. Yeah, um, and with Sir, because I must admit the album passed me by last you year. You passed last me I by as well. Yeah, yeah me too. Was the Neo track that we yeah, featured that's on the right. show? Yeah, like, yeah. That's last September, I think. But yeah. it was a cracker. Yeah. Um, it's I, quite enjoyable to listen to. Like, yeah, it's, it's a kind of yeah. I'm not, I'm looking forward to the record as well. I think it'll be interesting. Um, and there's obviously a good bit of. Uh, power behind him if you know what I mean as there's well. a cool yeah like end of summer chill vibe to it yeah. I, yeah yeah I'm gonna check it out with a similar end of summer chillness in mind do I sound cool <laughs> yes this is the yes, new one from Whitney oh, cold, mate. <laughs> it's called used to be lonely <laughs> Alright, so this is the third single trailing the album, which is also due mm. on August 30th. It's called Forever Turned Around. And Whitney are a band who, you know, like were really critically successful, I suppose, in 2016 with their first record. Yeah, it was a light on the lake. Yeah, was, yeah right. it was very good. Didn't exactly take off for them. I mm. mean, I, I looked, I think their current tour, they're going to be playing The Academy in January. Really? Yeah, yeah which I think is maybe shortchanging a band yeah. that I think are pretty good. Yeah, I, I think maybe just their sound is not really very zeitgeisty. It's um it's right up my street, that kind of golden summery vibes, just soft rock tones to it. There's I don't know, it's it's very poppy, it's very nice. It reminds me of like they're in that kind of mold of a like a real estate for me where it's mm. just such enjoyable listening, I almost feel like it's too easy. It's like a guilty pleasure. It's right. weird. This kind of indie music is now the guilty pleasure. It's not the pop stuff. That's my like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the track. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty fun. When is the When is the gig? It's like in a couple of months. January. Is it? January. Yeah, yeah, okay. January cool. Yeah. Twelfth. I think off top. Of um, I'd be interested to see how it all plays out live. Has anyone ever seen a show of theirs oh, before? Yeah. Um, yeah, because this can either go like I mean, it's all about intimacy, really, on a live show, really, right? So I, I'd imagine that. If they do work on from here, the Academy will probably be a good place to see them for now anyway. Yeah, I mean, it is carefully crafted and like, yeah. you, there's no kind of frayed edges of any sorts here, which, I mean, I don't know, I guess from a technical standpoint and from a songwriter standpoint, I kind of really like that. Yeah. I mean, like they clearly have an incredible ear in terms of what belongs where and stuff, where you can bring in horns and yeah. keys. 
but nothing ever feels crowded or rushed. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like the composition of it's great because it's quite, it's like a very simple tune and it could outstay its welcome, but they augment the kind of melodies so well with just, you know, you've different sounds coming in and it just takes it to a new place. So it's, it's a very nice track. Yeah, and a band who on this show a couple of months ago were lauded for some very nice tracks. Yeah. Mm. Maybe changing it up a little bit. Big Thief are back. It uh, hasn't been long. Um, the follow-up to UFOF, which is probably one of my albums of the year, yeah, is coming too. soon. Yeah, um, Two Hands. This is the first taster. This is not. Yeah, so that's not, and it's a real return to kind of that earthy guitar-based yeah. thing. Um, Jeez, because I mean, the output that big people must have is crazy. Like this, know? this might like this is one of their best songs. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. they just keep like one-upping themselves. Yeah, well, in keeping with <laughs> the the album, a lot of what we're going to get could well be the kind of like previously live favorites. This mm. is one that they've been yes. touring yeah, for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, There's a real fan favorite thing about it. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, How many of them do they have in the back pocket? Is the I know, that's like, the thing. And, and like, what are they like to see live if they just keep pulling out? By all accounts, like seeing Big Thief live is like a massive deal. Like they're apparently in so tune with themselves that it's it's crazy. Um, there's a very interesting uh, song exploder um, where they talk about catapults, uh, the track from the last record. Mm-hmm. And that is really worth a listen because, you know, they kind of go into this whole section where um, uh, they go like running together and by running together, they have this like, they're almost in step with a rhythm with each other Jesus, and it's like a hive mind weird yeah, thing actually, going on yeah it's actually crazy uh, yeah they're an incredible band and I'm, I'm really really interested to see um, what this album is going to be like because it's it's quite it's quite difficult to release two records in the same year and actually have the same amount of impact with both of them. Yeah. Well, it seemed like with UFOF, why is that so hard to say? Um, But it (laughs) it seemed like it was mainly Adrienne kind of uh, like leading the way with her, like maybe more solo songs and then the band were, you know, bolstering it slightly. And I think some people that maybe it didn't fully click with, like it was kind of universally lauded, but people were crying out for that kind of crunch and those big band's dynamics. Are you just talking about Dave? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Universal <laughs> some people. Yeah, but Dave only liked Jenny, if I remember correctly. <laughs> but it's funny because it, like Jenny Keeping those receipts. <laughs> Jenny was the one track on that album that did have that kind of grungy edge yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. definitely a little bit more of that here. I love the lyrics as well. It's just such a nice kind of lyrical idea and she gets she is a lot out of lyrically it. strong. And then when that guitar solo rips in, it's just like vintage. Neil Young or something that's so good Um, Book Meek I believe or it might be her I'm not sure it sounds more like Book Meek Um, but yeah uh, very very hyped and like just talking a minute ago about how indie seems like out of time they're bands that are you can see the kind of touch points and yeah the grungy elements but they're doing something fresh like they have a unique voice it feels very vital yeah now and I Uh, think some of that vitalness just comes down from to sheer performance like they're actually as musicians and as artists they're like they're just great. Really, it's really going to be interesting to see if they do something fresh again, sort of in October. Yeah, see, this is the thing. That, you know, there's been a kind of like a five month period for UFO. That is nothing. Like, that's nothing. Yeah. yeah. So um, we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we are coming towards our 
album review now. However, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do have a confession to make, boys. Um, I forgot to source exit music. Okay. Oh, no. What? As Dave would say, you know, heavy lies the crown and all that. But um, <laughs> Craig, if in the kind of 15, 20 minutes that we're going to discuss the album, if you could try to rustle up a song that we can finish the show with. <laughs> just any old rubbish lying around? Yeah, like, okay, okay, yeah. just try to write something. Okay. I might, uh, meantime, uh, never mind, never mind. Okay. In the meantime... I'm, I might have... Nah, uh, I'll, I'll come I'll, up I'll with something. Yeah. We'll do we have a okay, look, guitar here? Look, <laughs> yeah, right. Just see what you can do. In the meantime, we will go to our album of the week, and it is Bon Iver after a four-year wait after uh four years is it after f- 22 it million hold on Jesus. no no no, no. three no. three maybe okay even three's terrifying don't put four on me <laughs> <laughs> oh well 22 million was the last one this time he is back with i i <laughs> i don't know how you're meant to say it out Captain. loud otherwise folks uh this is what it sounds like this is hey ma And perhaps the most straightforward track yeah. on an album from a, a band, and I guess a man in Justin Vernon, who uh, doesn't really do that shit, does he? No, he doesn't. Uh, although there's a few moments, maybe more than I would have expected, where he steers back towards that. But yeah, he's been going off on one for a while, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you say, yeah, very much a man. But he's been talking lately about how Bonnie Vare is... Um, now a kind of collective of artists he's not kind of like he just wants the spotlight fully focused on him a lot of people still do kind of consider Bon Iver being a bloke that went out to a wood cabin with his heart broken and went hunting and just wrote some like very sparse folk songs um, as with the first album but since then Justin be, Vernon it should be said been... it'd be way weirder if people assumed <laughs> that Bon Iver were an entire group who had their heart broken and went to a wood cabin <laughs> I believe you could, the it, then it becomes a compound, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of them thinking about Emma. <laughs> since since our debut, Our five Emmas. <laughs> Four Emmas what, forever. What, 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 what are the chances? <laughs> but yeah, since that debut, Justin Vernon has been kind of expanding the, the sound. Bonnie Ver, Bonnie Ver, the second record, kind of found him going into fantastical territory and expanding into soft rock at times. Um, mixing things up it was a fuller sound then with like kind of eps and his collaborations with the likes of james blake and kanye west we saw him experimenting just mixing things up up chopping vocals just really kind of testing the boundaries of folk pop music in general um and then it all kind of contracted and exploded again with 22 a million the last record which was um very interesting i think he was in a bit of a dark place 
um, he kind of regrouped and he just went for it. And I remember us talking about it at the time. It was, you know, heavy in um, symbology. Um, some people might call it nonsense. Mm-hmm. I believe Colm, uh, myself and yourself, we were kind of rhapsodizing about it at the time. We're like, he create, he's created this universe. He's well, it really took just, me a little while yeah, to really get it, it. was a real puzzle of an album, yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. saying. It's an absolutely incredible album, in my opinion. It's, fa- it's, it's a masterpiece. Absolutely phenomenal. Like, yeah. And yeah, and I think that's been borne out in how influential it's been even the last couple of years right I mean you know I was giving out about the 1975 just wholesale nicking that sound for the last record (laughs) but it is everywhere in fairness to them Um, so I guess the conundrum for him was where does Bonnie Iver go? Yeah, does how he on kind earth of do you follow that? Like, yeah, yeah, does he retreat into the more sparse stuff? Does he, you know, there is that small bit of the fan base that is crying out for the more conventional things. Does he keep going off on one? I think this is like a happy medium, right? Um, he's been talking about this record being like the fourth in like a seasonal yeah. quadrology. That, that, that sounds to me like post rationalization. to be fair. Yeah, like, I think it is. You just say that and you'd be grand. I think it is. <laughs> but I think after like he, you know, he suggests 22 million was like the summer record, which was just, it was a lot of heat. There was a lot of stuff going off. This is autumnal. And it's like, it's more about like acceptance. It's a very American album. It's him dealing with, I guess, the political landscape, not overtly, thankfully, but just finding a place of, um, I don't know, kind of strength, resilience, uh, just dealing with stuff, serenity, I guess. It's a very soothing, nice listen. It's interesting that he's talked about it as being the kind of, you know, finishing part of a quadrology <laughs> did I just yeah? Did I invent that word? <laughs> I don't it's know. But, but we're going to go with it now. Um, <laughs> it's perfectly chronological. Right? Don't date yourself. Uh, but it does, in a way, feel like a culmination because at times in this record, it feels as though he's dipping into the full bag of tricks. Yes. The, you know, kind of sparse stuff that was on for Emma, the stuff that was on Bonnie Vare, and the stuff that was on Twenty Two Million. That. It's almost as though the, the combined palette that he's built up over more than a decade mm. has given him all these different elements that he can use. And I think he does it really skillfully, for my money at least. Yeah, I mean, I always find it very, very hard to listen to, especially the the more recent Bonnie Iver albums, because generally I'm quite good at being impartial and kind of like... Um, listening to the music for music's sake and not like breaking it down as like a music producer, right? There's, yeah. But there's there's no choice but to yeah. do that. So so for me, very, like it's already broken yeah, down. You're almost consistently like kind of thinking like okay, ha- like what's going on here, and you're almost like analyzing it more. Um, I think this record, uh, very much he, he kind of talks before and we mentioned it earlier where it feels very much like a like a band record where he's actually working with a whole pile of people, yeah. and that is quite noticeable in the record. It feels a good bit fuller and like a good lot of sound and everything i think i'm not sure though whether that actually pulls off i feel like there's a bit of the gut punch missing from say compared to 22 million or Mm, something like that there feels like it's a bit it's a small bit watered down and feels a little bit like i I don't know there's there's, just it feels to me like there's there's a little bit missing in this um there's yeah it's it's an interesting one like I mean the, the, all the really interesting production choices are still there it's absolutely incredible there is some really really uh, incredible moments I think Gelmore is is an absolutely amazing song mm-hmm. um, uh, the end of uh, uh, Shidia and the, the Shidia, second last track yeah. Shidia yeah, which I think um, is supposed to stand for Shidia's day in American history or really like that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah he wrote it the day after Trump got elected yeah, yeah. and there's and like even in that track and in a couple of other places there's like I think it performs better 
best when it's at this Bonnie Vera does a really really good euphoric feel yeah. a lot of the time and when it rises up with that with a whole pile of different like horns it's like a and, kind like, of feeling. exhalation it's yeah. just this release yeah. that's when it's at it's best I think and it's like really really strong and then other parts it just kind of falls down a little bit um, like I don't we feels like out of place I think in, in parts um, I think there's like really really good sections and I really really enjoyed it but um I don't know, you can't help but compare it to the rest of them, you know? I think it's interesting you talk about sections because from the very first time that I listened to this record, it felt as though there's a kind of centrepiece, so to speak, of Hey Ma, uh, You, Man-like, yeah. and Naeem, which almost act as a kind of a framework right there in the <laughs> centre of the album because yeah. it does start out a little odd. Yeah, and it also Bonnie feels like the first four tracks do. are all intro tracks to an album, right? Like there's Pretty like much, yeah. just four intros in a row <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, but but it, but it was almost as though there are a few tracks here that it was like, okay, like, you know, first listen, th- these ones will stick with you and you can actually wrap your ears around them and get them. And so yeah. use these as your guides. Yeah, as as you explore yeah. further, it reminded me of uh, in the good place. You know, when when Jason has a scale uh, which peaks at eight and then goes down to thirteen again, like a tent, <laughs> and, and and as though in terms of understandability, uh, yeah, Justin Vernon went with the thirteen scale here. Yeah, I, he has that lyric about like you know I stood a little while within it, and it does feel like an album of moments in a very stoner way where he's fallen in love with these kind of like revelatory bits or melodies or hooks or even fragments of sentiments and he will just kind of dwell on it and then just let the horns do what they want or yeah like he he talks in this um pitchfork article that's just come out about how i haven't read all of this but i've it almost really sounds like a hit piece or something there's so many like kind of weird like moments about it right yeah i don't think I'm, it, like i think it's maybe an unintentional yeah that's piece. what i mean like yeah yeah it's, yeah um but it's kind of hanging out with him at his like april base kind of studio which is a bit compoundy um but out you know in wisconsin and uh, the country and he's talking about all these kind of collaborators he has now in the team um, and Bruce Hornsby's on this and he has this line where he talks about you know they all get together and they start playing and when Justin starts singing they feel kind of enlivened by it and they can do their own thing so I guess his voice is like the North Star for a lot of these right, moments sure. and sense, it's very yeah. it's it's kind of a jam album but like a carefully constructed pared down jam album yeah. like, I he, mean like he's done a bunch of that shit recently with that like people project yeah, that, you yeah. Know, just, like, just so, so that stuff is definitely influencing this record right oh without a doubt but at yeah. the same time I mean you know thank god he has a good sense to realise that like the jam session that he does on like live on stage of Forbidden Fruit or something yeah. you can't release that as an album yeah it's got to be a little bit more it's weird there's there's like something in the water and I think it's acid because like <laughs> Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend is bigging up Grateful Dead left right and centre Justin Vernon apparently is like massively into the Grateful Dead now like all your indie faves are deadheads now all of a sudden <laughs> like all these American indie hookers <laughs> are looking to these crazy like bootleg jams from 30 yeah. years ago so um, this is actually thinking of it like that an exercise in restraint uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Dolly I agree with you there's not those kind of like knock me off my feet moments of a yeah. 22 million yeah, I there's think no it, creep like her you no. know what I mean I no. think it's funny though when you mention Bruce Hornsby I think like he's even having fun about the fact that people now do listen to a Bonnie Vera album kind of on their toes almost that mm. like you, you're always expecting the unexpected and in this case it is for instance 
Bruce Hornsby getting one line. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you're just like, oh. Yeah, that's like a hey, trick he, gonna... he learned from Kanye. Just like give him the like tiny sliver <laughs> of a thing and just use that. Um, Speaking of Kanye, actually, that track Na- Naeem yeah. sounds like it's like a Bonnie Bear cover of a Kanye track as well. There's that's like a, with all the chorus, that's the chorus and stuff and like all the choral everything. Yeah. One thing I, I will say that's quite like good on the record is is there is a sense of kind of overriding a very light sense of like anxiety about like where we're at in the yeah. world and stuff. But the, he doesn't like shove it down our it's throats. It's very well handled. And yeah. we've talked about there's so many records now that just have this thing where they're talking like so intensely about where we're at and stuff. And he he actually deals with it quite well and. It's it's not very like intensely up in your face. It's kind of just there around the back, which is kind of what life feels like right now. So yeah. I think he nails that. You know? He totally does. Yeah, it's all very tasteful. And I guess this is the moment where his experimentation becomes like so assimilated into the Bonnie Ver sound that it doesn't really feel like he's testing that many boundaries. It just feels like this is what we sound like. We've invented mm. this thing yep. and we're just going to kind of luxuriate and, and enjoy it. Yeah? yeah, Yeah, I think that's a good call because... When I was listening to it as well, I was like, you know, is the album necessarily more accessible or have we just had enough Bonnie Iver It's become the, the default, years, yeah. That's yeah. really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And indeed the fact that because of the People Project, because of Big Red Machine that he does with the Desners and so on and so forth, he's got other outlets for the exploration now. Maybe the Bonnie Iver thing doesn't need to push boundaries in quite the same way as he might have felt that it did before. Yeah, it does, it does feel like... Uh, in that respect as well that the, like as soon as this album came out they also released a, a video basically just bigging up the live shows from now on on YouTube and it's absolutely incredible to watch because it's kind of there seems to be a real big push now with these upcoming live shows with like a huge amount of production built around it and they basically have like a trailer for it on YouTube and it's really worth watching as well but uh, yeah so I think like with this record feeling like a live band record uh, this these like huge live shows coming up and stuff. It does feel like a kind of almost like a promotional tool for the live band, you know. Yeah, which is going to be an interesting move because the last thing that I want to ask you guys is how do you imagine that the impact and the reception for this record, especially as time goes on, will be? Because I think for me at least, twenty two million. A lot of the joy in that record was that it was a very slow reveal. It took mm. days weeks even months to sort of put the fragmented pieces of that record together yeah this one doesn't feel like it's going to be that much of a project at least not yeah. for fans of bonnie Bear. yeah i mean i i felt like i was kind of done with my mental review last night but i was still listening today which is a good sign and i'm kind of finding new pockets to that i'm interested in like it does kind of fascinate me in the way 22 million did but it, yeah as we say it doesn't have that visceral thing so i think there's plenty for fans but it is maybe about consolidating that fan base rather than finding new people i don't yeah. know yeah it's it's the most unbelievable difference between certain fans like there's like super super fans of bonnie Vare and like some people absolutely love it and some people really yeah, really that's dislike the thing it. Like, he has become marmite kind it's of gone quite regard. marmite like yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting. Um, I don't know. What would I give it? Uh, I would say, um, I would say it's not an essential record. <laughs> <laughs> That's a not an essential like, out of ten like, from <laughs> which I'm is, loving which, this new you know, rating system. You've gone all Justin Vernon <laughs> on the rating system. <laughs> uh, I, so I'll give it a seven. I'll give it a seven, which is not essential for me. Fair. Um, I'll give it an eight. Um, just taking it down a couple of points because yeah, it doesn't have that like huge impact that some of his previous stuff has done. But I can't really find huge faults with it at all. So yeah. it, it would be a strong eight recommend for me. Like yeah, yeah I kind of go strong eight as well. I, th- I think ultimately I will 
probably keep going back to this record. I just don't know if going back to it will be as fruitful or as a, as rewarding as going back to, for instance, Twenty Two A Million is. Mm. Um, so yeah, pretty good reaction around the table yeah. for that. Yeah, if that was looking, the only album out, wasn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for an alternative <laughs> album of the week, he's back. <laughs> our erstwhile host chips in from Toronto and shock the system. <laughs> It's about Slipknot. Now, I hope you didn't think that I was going to let something like a transatlantic holiday get in the way of no encore reviewing a Slipknot album for the very first time, because not on my watch, kids. So yeah, um, greetings from Toronto, where I'm overlooking a balcony and some loud construction work that I hope isn't uh, taking over this too much. I was actually going to record this on the balcony itself, but it's just way too noisy. Um, the city really enjoys loud powered motorbikes, which is pretty cool, and dogs. I've seen some amazing dogs, but look, this isn't my holiday report that's going to come next week. Uh, for now, though, let's talk Slipknot. So essentially, yeah, uh, anyone who knows me will know I'm a huge Slipknot fan, and that's kind of undercutting it a little bit. This is a band that have been an important cultural touchstone for me since I was in school. They mean an awful lot to me. Uh, a band that I would have grown up defending from people who were like, oh, you know, they wear masks, they like their shit, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I've always found them to be very, very powerful, and I've, in recent years I've kind of been of the hope that maybe we get one last great Slipknot album and maybe one last tour before they call it a day. Um, there's no immediate signs to suggest that they are calling it a day, but with a band like this you kind of you do kind of wonder. Um, yeah, I think the last two albums haven't really cut it. They've been fine, they've had moments, but they just haven't been a great narrative start to finish. They've done some incredible individual songs on there, but they've been baggy, they haven't bled together very well. And I think that, you know, my fear was that Volume 3 in 2004 was going to be the final great Slipknot album. Uh, it gives me great pleasure to say that that's not the case and that We Are Not Your Kind, uh, which is the new one, of course, is a fucking masterpiece. It really, really is. And yeah, look, I'm biased. We know this. But at the same time, I'm really heartened by seeing a lot of critical reviews of this from publications that ordinarily wouldn't even fucking regard Slipknot with any kind of degree of importance, giving it five stars and saying this is absolutely incredible. It's an album that we need right now, and I think that is true. A, a lot of the narrative of this record, you know, kind of centers on Corey Taylor's divorce, I guess. And I think in that regard, if you isolate his lyrics, there's definitely an element of cringiness to some of them. But I've always regarded Slipknot as um, a reaction to the world that we live in. And I think if you apply those lyrics and those kind of sentiments to a wider context, then they take on an awful lot of power. Uh, Corey, for his part, in terms of vocals, sounds as good as he's ever sounded, like Iowa levels of great. Uh, it's just a really, really impressive record, one that I've kind of been living with now for over a month, because I did manage to get it early, thankfully. Um, and I, I, like, I keep coming back to it, like I'm walking around these streets and, and I'm listening to it every day and I'm finding new things in it. it it's got pop songs, it, it, like it's got absolutely pulsating, like classic Slipknot, like narratives and kind of numbers. Um, but it bleeds together so well, and a big part of that is Clown, who I had the pleasure of interviewing there recently, and that interview, Touchwood, hopefully will be up on Joe uh, this weekend, I hope. I'm trying to put the finishing touches on that right now, it's a bit pernickety. Uh, keep an eye on my Twitter account of the weekend, I hope it will be there. Um, put a lot of work into it, I'm very, very happy with it. And he was great, he was so thoughtful, he was so erudite, he was so interesting. You can tell this is someone who isn't just a fucking gimmick, like you can tell this is a person who has poured his life and soul into this band. And he said to me that with this album, it's the hardest he's worked for anything, he's gained the most and he's lost the most, and I believe that. Um, I think Slipknot are an important band. I understand that people can't get past the pro wrestling kind of pageantry of, of it all. But I think in doing so, you're missing out on something really, really important and really, really special in the world of music. And look, 
Slipknot are, are, are like, you know, they're not like an underground hardcore act that no one's ever going to give press to. Like, like, I can understand the resentment that even comes with the press that they do get, but I think they've really, really backed it up. And on this one, like, they've come through so much turmoil in recent years, they've lost members for different reasons. Um, I can't believe that in 2019, 20 years on from their first, you know, like major album, they managed to sound this vital and, and this important. And like I said, I know I must come across right now like I'm just a super fan. And I am a super fan. And that's, you know, they're, like they're one of the bands that kind of give me so much power, like that, that music can do. And, and that's why I think I'm just so happy that like this album does actually bleed and connect well. Um, there's maybe like one dud on there in the middle for me. I don't think it's even a bad song. I just wouldn't have included it myself. But at the same time, some of the band members have said that it's their favorite track on there. I think everyone's gonna have a different takeaway from it. Um, the back half of the album, in particular, is, is is absolutely brilliant. I think Unsainted is is my song of the year. Uh, Spiders is an incredible kind of funk pop stomp that just comes out of nowhere towards the end. Um, it just it just connects like 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 it just has so much to it. it. Like I think it's an incredibly important listen for anyone like to just check it out. Even if you're like, look, I hate stuff, not hate metal, I'm not into it. Uh, I would say give it a go. Um, that includes the boys in the studio who you know are, are doing Bon Iver this week for some reason. Um, fair enough, lads. You know it's grand. You know like you get me out of the country and you know you get your editorial choices in. But god damn it, man, this is a hell of an album. Do check it out. It's awesome, and I'll be back very very soon chastised from across the Atlantic. <laughs> we should point out that Shock the System isn't the name of the Slipknot album, but it could no, be. Yeah. It, could it was be. actually a wrestling reference. When Dave listens to the show, he'll love it. Love it. <laughs> In terms of other listening from us. Uh, other listening. Um, I have been listening Come on, Dahi, to... you do this every week, man. God Pull it together. Yeah, I thought I, had, I thought I had one in the bag. And well, I, I go. Because yeah, last go week... Okay, well, it. last week I was on a whole nostalgia trip, right? Which led to me recommending Nirvana to people. So right. this week I'm going to say Smashing them. Pumpkins Ooh. I've been uh, getting into particularly their kind of slower stuff I did okay. a playlist and I tweeted it out um, but also in terms of newer stuff Cassie is back yes oh yeah yeah that's right and she's been releasing like songs every week and they're really good and there's been like no real fanfare or she's doing no promo I think the newest one is Simple Things check that out check out all the stuff it's good to have her back we tried to do a Cassie is back segment a while back here though and it just didn't take yeah, off so. I don't know if she's ever I mean, going to take off I'm not saying it's her fault but it's <laughs> it not might be it might anything, be but, I blame myself uh, yeah I had a listen to Marika Hackman and a human friend um, oh, yeah. We talk on this show a lot about uh, headphone records, mm. but uh, this one you need to listen to in headphones because it's just about sex and the thought of anyone else being able to overhear what you're oh, listening it's quite, to here. It's quite raunchy. It's quite raunchy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now, not in the sense of the music itself, though, because it's a lot about, I suppose, that kind of loneliness of kind of like the one night stand period of your 20s, so okay. to speak. Um, but like, I like your voice. Uh, which, which, no, but like, it, it reminds me of Dido, except again, you don't want to put it on at a dinner party, unless, like, I don't know, yeah. you've had yeah. all the guests put their keys in a bowl on the way in or something like Um You've but, changed since you got married, man. I know, yeah. Um, and, and there's a tune in it called Blow that is genuinely, do not laugh. Uh, it's like cocaine oh, rather than okay. fellatio, okay. but it is truly excellent. Why not have both? <laughs> Uh, two things that I've been listening to this week actually is two uh, Irish acts or more than two actually loads Cobina uh, uh, friend of the show um, did a remix of Junior Brother oh, right. uh, the back of her oh I saw it on Twitter I'll and have it to is so to worth the listen because yeah, like when f- I heard he was doing it I was like what like that sounds like a nightmare and then I listened to it and I was like oh my god 
Junior Brother would be the most unbelievable like burial style vocalist of all time it sounds class so you should really really check that out and then the other thing I've been listening to uh, another friend of the show Elaine May released uh, her three made by music track with herself Sole and Circa Richardson um, which is called Butterflies and that track is really really good so it's two for two for that made for music um, project by three so fair play nice sweet all right gentlemen We've just about reached the end. Thank you for having me back. Oh, it was good to have you back, man. <laughs> it was so good to be here. I really I really was. Um, as ever, this episode of No Encore was engineered by our sonic architect, Eve Murray. Enjoy Woo-hoo. the rest of the Enjoy fly. Enjoy the fly. Eve. Enjoy the fly, Eve. <laughs> and yeah, exit music. Craig, what do you have for me? Um, it's this track by a guy known as... Dahi. I've I've also I should have mentioned this in my other listening because I've been listening to this all day and it's Whopper it's what I expected from the Blazes album but they didn't deliver I'm writing that down it's great the video's great great. Uh, nobody knew around you it's it was like the first fruits from your time in France, right? Yes. I know we've heard bits, but this was literally the first song that kind of arrived. So, yeah, so I arrived on the first day and I had the uh, synth sound and I wrote the chords for it the day I was there. And it was uh, to the rhythm, a bit like Big Thief, actually. It was the beat was to the rhythm of my first like run in the French countryside or whatever. And then nice. started from there. Um, and then I went back to France. This is why I was missing for so long <laughs> from No Encore. I went back to France two weeks ago, back to the same place and filmed a whole pile of visuals and put yeah. it into a video. Uh, yeah, so it's Nobody New Around You. It's an instrumental track from my new album. Yeah, Which is exciting. out on October 18th. 18th. Yeah. L- are we saying Lost or are we saying L-O-S-S? Let's say Lost loss for now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, right. yeah, two years two years of my life about to come to an Am end. Am I right in thinking the area of France you're in was called Limousine? Limousine. Yeah. Limousine. Limousine. Oh, okay. The famous Limousine French cow like, uh, from there Bougie as well. Tarot. Also, having, <laughs> having just confessed to the creation, are you worried that people are going to judge your running speed? Uh, yes, almost definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so enjoy these plodding tones, folks. <laughs> yeah, it slows down halfway through and it's just like a recording of me panting and then it speeds back up again after. <laughs> we finish with nobody new around you from our boy Dahi. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Colin Regan. This has been no encore. There will be no encore. And hopefully I'll talk to you again sometime soon. Dave mm-hmm. is back next week. I never really settled anywhere for long apart from here and now yeah yeah they couldn't figure out what this single woman was doing buying this house in the middle of nowhere on her own what was she up to Uh, loneliness is not something that's ever really bothered me it's a working area these are our Farmers, they're ordinary working class people. In the autumn, coming up here, it is just spectacular. The colours, every colour, lots and lots and lots of woodlands. Uh, it was really striking. I said, I quite like it here. Si vous cherchez le. Le vie parfait. Cherche ailleurs.
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. At Total Wine & More, we know what pairs perfectly with summer. Go ahead, test us. What goes best with a beach trip? This crisp rosé. A pool party? Try these craft beers. Oh, you're good. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine & More. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.